think drug addicts get such a bad rap? Girl, cause we do the most when we're <laughs> when we're on drugs. We be robbing you, stealing from you, lying to you. You know, yeah, I get it. Mm -hmm. I did it. So I get why you guys hate drug addicts, cause we're a mess. But we do recover. We do. And I can't take back what I did, but I just hope what I did to people, they can forgive me, if not today, but one day. I never want ill will with someone, even though I did them wrong. I want to be able to still talk to them and them be there for me, even when I wasn't there for them. Forgiveness is big to me, because I wasn't in my right state of mind. And I want to show them now that I can be that person again. Out Here is a folklore series determined to bring America together. It's a love letter to people whose voices deserve to be heard. I was an addict from the time I was 13 and in and out of prison. I got really tired. I already had a son and I wanted to be a mom. I just didn't know how to do it. So I was like, well, I'm going to get a long-term treatment. And it was my last time in jail. And I was like, well, maybe, like, because I love Jesus. I've always loved God. I've always believed in God. And I decided to try a faith-based program, and it changed my life. When I got my relationship back with God, it changed everything for me. As long as I took the next right step, everything fell into place. As long as I was doing the things I was supposed to and going to church on Sundays and giving back to the community, my life fell together. Mm -hmm. And the recovery house, we're like a family. It's like a band of sisters that you never had. You're there for each other. You help each other through the toughest times because that's one of the toughest times is coming off drugs for so many years, facing your demons. What's that feel like? Ooh, feeling emotion for the first time and not numbing it with anything is an experience that I'll never forget. Just, I don't want to say it's scary, but it kind of is, you know, feeling yourself again, finding who you are again. But after you find it, it's, it's great. But where did yourself go, you think? Oh, man, I think I got lost. That's how I explain it. Being in a box and just walking around not doing anything. Just being stuck somewhere and not being able to get out, not being able to communicate, be a mother, be a friend, or be anything. You're just stuck. Mm -hmm. And that's what it felt like. But time's still going. That mm -hmm. never stops. So the world was going on, and I was stuck in time. Mm -hmm. That's what it felt like. Mm -hmm. What led you there in the first place? I wanted to, I guess, fill a void, you know? Like, even being 13, I wanted to feel everything, and I liked feeling things that made me feel good. And that was bad, even at 13, because drugs made me feel good. They made me feel invincible. They made me feel pretty. They made me feel wanted. And I didn't need anybody else. I just had drugs, and that was fine, because it made me feel everything that I needed to. Mm-hmm. And then what was the point that changed all that for you? When I had my son and he made me feel like that because mm -hmm. he needed me. Mm -hmm. And he filled that void and made me want to be who I knew I could be. But on drugs, I couldn't be that because it just had me stuck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And who is that person that you became? Well, now I have a job. I'm employed. I give back. I'm a strong, independent mother. And that's great. 
And one day, hopefully, my son can be like, that's my mom. That's beautiful. Thanks. If you could describe yourself with your name, your age, how you identify where we are right now, and what you're currently doing with your time. That could be work, that could be socially. I'm Shannon Kane, I'm 29. I'm a strong bisexual woman, and I work for a domestic violence shelter for battered women. I love to give back to the community, and I give back to people that are struggling just like I was for most of my life. We're at the park in Huntington, West Virginia, you know. I call it District 12, because we're like <laughs> the poorest state, I guess, ever. Yeah. Why do you stay here out of any place that you could be? Oh, nobody's ever asked me that. It looks like heaven. That's what I would picture it, heaven. Picture bees and deer running around and fish jumping out of water and bears taking care of their babies and just hearing the water hitting the rocks, being able to breathe fresh air and just hear nothing but yourself. That's it, I just love it. I love being here. That's sweet. You love West Virginia. I do, I do. You think nature is really powerful? Oh yeah. When I'm in nature, I find my zen and that's very important to me. I found myself in nature. I think I relate to nature more than people. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I do. I feel that. Um, I could be in the middle of nowhere and have the most fun with nothing. Just the quietness, hearing the birds chirp, feeling the grass and the sun on my face is a big part of peace to me. Mm -hmm. Do you feel safe here? Yeah, I do. Safety is everybody knowing everybody and you be able to walk outside and leave your door unlocked and being around people that you know are going to protect you no matter what and your community is going to protect you no matter what mm -hmm. like if you weren't from here and you would see the community where i'm from you would be like what but from here it's a safety blanket people have different views but it really doesn't bother the people that live here so an outsider looking in it would bother you know i feel like people connect more in a community than with outsiders, and that's kind of sad to say, but it's true. People are so close-minded to other whatever, anything. That's one thing that's negative about West Virginia that I can say, like, people are very close-minded. They fear what they don't know, and that's sad, but it's true. I think it's just from generation to generation, they're so used to being a certain way, and any other way is not okay to them, so they fear that, and they don't like it. It encourages people to be just like them because it's a safety blanket. And it discourages people who aren't like them, so it makes them rebel. Mm -hmm. Do you have fond memories? Of what? Childhood. Childhood, West Virginia. Oh my gosh, yes. Talk about some, tell me about some. Um, my favorite memories are fishing because we have trout here and that's my favorite thing to fish for. So I remember like, just getting up early in the morning and getting my fishing pole and stuff ready and fishing all day. I remember we have this thing called floating and we get like big tire inner tubes and we blow them up and we get in them and go like for hours down the river. You know, cookouts, we have big things at the park for the community and everybody knows everybody. Even the older people that haven't seen you in 10 years, you know, get a hug, how are you? I just have a lot of stuff. Hunting when I was like nine months pregnant, almost shooting my first deer. It was like cold, I remember it was so cold and we went out like four in the morning. Great times, I've had great times here. Being by the river with my friends, drinking 
you know, beers when we were 16, you know, hiding it because we weren't allowed, but swimming and just having fun. It's a great time. Beautiful. Are there some memories that have transformed or shifted the course of your life that you can talk about? Absolutely. Man, the first time I overdosed, it happened so quick. I just remember like standing up and being really lightheaded and then just dying. And it was that quick, like the snap of a finger. And when I woke up, I was just like, wow, that's how quick you could die. And that transformed my whole life. Like, it was just the scariest moment of my life. And to think now, like back, what if I would have died? Like, and I wouldn't be able to share my story with anybody. It really scared the death out of me, absolutely. I was at a, like, a friend's house and she says she can just remember like she heard something hit the floor and she knew and she was trying to bust the bathroom door open and I was like laying up against the door. She said my lips were purple and I, she couldn't like get me to respond so she did like CPR on me and I guess it brought me back. She put like ice in my pants and my shirt. Yeah. I woke up and I didn't even know what happened. It was that quick. Yeah. Scary. It scared the life out of me. It's just crazy. I couldn't imagine it now. Like, I was just so young and dumb. I didn't care. And I was like 21 then, so I would have died at 21. Mm. Yeah. Real life happens. Mm hmm. Do you have any other memories that you can think of? I mean, that's a very powerful, strong, life-shifting one. Yeah, not really bad ones, but I could have died in so many instances, like going over 100 on a street bike, no helmet, no nothing, just hide up and wanting to be a daredevil. And that could have, like, what a... And now that I think of it, I'm like, what are you doing? It's crazy stuff like that, out of control. Now that I think about it, I'm just like, you could have died. People shooting at people, ripping each other off for money. It's a lot. Where you were around that. Yeah, absolutely. Scary now that I think about it. But during that time, I was like, I thought I was... Hard. Yeah, you know, I'm a gangster. No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a gangster by any means. I thought I was, I guess. Wow. You got some good memories yeah. and some... Not so good ones. Mm -hmm. But they made me who I am, so I can't. I can't complain. How do you feel about memory in general in terms of life? Memory is important. Memory makes you who you are. I want to be able to tell my son stories, not to scare him, just to be like, life is not going to baby you. And that's what I wanted him to know. Life is not a game, mm -hmm. so you have to be ready for it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So who do you trust and why? Oh, that's deep. I trust. God. I trust God. That's the only person you trust? No. I trust my family. I trust God. I trust my close friends and my community, my recovery community. I definitely trust them. That's about it. Why do you trust these people? You know, trust is earned. And everybody that I trust has shown me that they'll never break it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not taken lightly to me. So in order for me to trust you, you got to show me something mm -hmm. that you'll be my friend through whatever, however, or wherever. Mm -hmm. And that's 
why mm-hmm. I trust these people that I do. What does a trusting relationship look like to you? A trusting relationship, being there through whatever, doesn't matter. Not just being there for me when it's convenient for you. Not loving me through any and everything. You know, when I need you and when I don't need you. Who do you love? Myself and my son and my family and my support system. Have you ever been in love? Yes. What does it look like? It looks like, it's like home. It's like walking on sunshine. It's like completeness. That's what it is. It's wholeness. Do you have a really good memory centered around love? Uh, not really. Why is that? Growing up, my mom was not like a loving mom. She was an alcoholic and a drug addict. So as far as loving us, that wasn't, I mean, I'm sure she did, but she didn't really show it. Now she is, she would be there and she would support us. And then I didn't meet my dad till I was like seven. So my grandmas raised me, their love was unconditional. It was great. That's where I learned to love is through them. Do you have a better relationship with your mom now? Uh, yeah. She's great. She loves us. I don't want to say now. She's always loved us, but she shows us now. She's a grandma, so she's great with that. She checks on us every day. We can have a conversation without fighting. It doesn't have to be about drugs. It doesn't have to be about, you didn't do this for me. or It's just a conversation. Mm-hmm. Do you think her story and like her lack of love kind of affected you in your journey? Mm-hmm. I think it's repetitive, Mm -hmm. Uh, and I want to break the cycle with me. I feel like that's why I was seeking validation in drugs, because I didn't have, like, a mother's love, and that was it. You know, it didn't love me, but I loved it, and it filled that void. So, yeah, I do. You don't want another generation? No, to feel unloved and and need to fill voids. No, I never want my son to feel like his mother doesn't love him because that would crush me, because nobody should feel like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sometimes you think it's just as simple as that. It's not. No. It's really not. Mm -mm. It's hard, you know? I was 28 when I had my son, well, 27 turning 28, and I didn't know how to be a mother because I never had one. Mm -hmm. It came, but I didn't at first. I loved my son, but I didn't know how to. And now that he's older. How old is he? He's three. Wow. I want him to know I love him, so I might be a little overbearing with love. What's your relationship with your son's father? We don't talk. We talk through my grandmother. I loved him, you know? How'd you meet him? We've known each other our whole lives, but we went to different schools, and then I met him. He lived, like, five minutes away from where I lived and we would just see each other and then he hit me up on Facebook and we hung out and I fell in love with him. He's like a southern country boy. He took me fishing and we just did not normal, you know, like dates were like fishing and going out to like hike and he's just a great person. Mm -hmm. I thought he has a drug and alcohol problem. He'll never admit that And that's fine, because I've came to terms with it. But he is a great dad when he wants to be, I guess. But he loves his kids, and that's fine. 
What's mom's your son's name? Messiah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you name your son Messiah? Because it means the chosen one. And I knew from the time I got pregnant, my son was going to be something special. He's very intelligent for three. He's just a very old soul, too, to be three years old. Mm -hmm. He's like an old man. Mm -hmm. And I knew that he was going to be something special, and that's why I named him that. It's a beautiful name. Thank you. <laughs> What's his full name? Messiah Devon Fisher. Wow. Yeah. That is a spectacular name. Yeah. My sister's name is Siobhan, and I was like... She's the best aunt anybody could ask for. So I was like, how can I do your name into his? And I was like, oh, I'll just name his middle name Devon because your name is Siobhan. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, that sounds great. And so that's his name. <laughs> yeah, that's how it happened. Oh, my God. What's yeah. your family like? Girl, they're crazy. Uh, so on my mom's side, I have three siblings. Uh, me... I'm the oldest, my sister Siobhan, my brother Tahim, and I have a little brother named Greg. We call him Little G. And then my dad's side, I'm the oldest again, and I have Jordan, Dion, Chanel, Gabe, and Emma. Mm. Yeah. So my dad's kind of a player, <laughs> was. But we're all close, though. That's great. Yeah. We all love hanging around each other. It's a blast. A lot of support there? Oh, my God, yeah. The best support ever. I couldn't ask for better brothers and sisters. Absolutely. When I wasn't the best, they encouraged me, like, you're going to get it, you're going to get it. They never downed me for being a drug addict. Mm-hmm. Because I'm, like, their older sister, so they loved me through it. I think when we were talking on the phone, you were telling me what your rehab experience was like the yeah. first time. You know what's crazy? You know why people of color don't come to recovery? Because once again, we're either that crackhead, that deadbeat dad, deadbeat mom. We don't want to be categorized as a junkie because we're categorized as everything else. Mm -hmm. And that's one reason. But we're everywhere, mm -hmm. absolutely. We just don't come out as that mm -hmm. because we're categorized as so much. Why not? Like, we don't want to do that. I don't want to be a junkie. I'm already a deadbeat, you know, all that. So that's why we don't. And then when we go, people are like, oh my God, black people do drugs, yes. <laughs> drugs don't discriminate. This addiction does not discriminate against nobody. I hate that, I hated that. I hope people hear this because please stop asking black people like, oh, black people do drugs? Absolutely. Like, And the type of drugs that black people do? Oh, yeah. When I was like, I'm a meth head, they were like, oh, my God, are you serious? Like, yeah, meth doesn't discriminate. It's not like, oh, we don't want to go to the black community. Yes, we do. We really do. Jesus. Why do you think people think like that? You know why? Because I think they see rap videos and they're like, they just smoke weed and drink all the time. <laughs> I think that's why. I think society has us categorize the certain things and that's what people are so close-minded to and they agree with that like we just pill pop go to strip bars and drink alcohol and smoke weed that's about it right i i get it i get it it's wrong but that's what they have us down as so we don't want to come out and be like oh i'm a junkie i'm a needle user because it's just another label we have on us people really asked you that in rehab though absolutely you're so pretty. Black girls do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They do. Hmm. They either have us categorized as that rap version or the strong black woman mm -hmm. version. 
and that is just annoying like strong independent michelle obama black woman version or Nicki minaj hood rat version i mean you can't be a free-willed hippie or you know just a regular girl that's what i am i'm regular i'm me that's what i want to be i don't want to be michelle obama i don't want to be Nicki minaj i just want to be me and that's what a lot of people don't get mm -hmm. i don't understand mm -hmm. but maybe one day to not be labeled yeah to not can i just be me mm -hmm. that's it mm -hmm. what's your relationship to like your phone social media i love social media i love being in other people's business why it's just who you are you nosy i'm nosy as hell I like to read though, not just about other people. Like I'll get on Instagram to look at pictures, but I love technology because I love reading. So what do you read? You know what I really love reading about? Old slavery. Mm -hmm. Like women that were in old slavery. I love reading about that, like what they went through, the torment, the turmoil, and how they still overcame. That's important to me. I do too. Do you? I love, well, I learned that so many slaves used to walk all oh. over. You know, and I get mad because, you know, my girlfriend won't take me down the street two blocks. And when I read those stories, it breaks my heart. Like, I get mad when I have to go to work when I don't want to, and they didn't have a choice. Right. Just, it empowers me. It's mm -hmm. like, that's woman empowerment. To know that one of my ancestors could have been that person. Mm -hmm. And I just love reading about them because it gives me strength and hope to keep pushing even when I don't want to. Absolutely. Yes. I feel like this place probably gives you a lot of that ancestral spirit. This place does, but where I'm from, we have a lot of plantation houses, plantation fields. When you're driving down this country road, there's a vault where they used to stick all the slave bodies. Yes. We have What's this, this town called? Moorfield, West Virginia. And we have this thing called Heritage Weekend. You can tour the houses and hear about the slaves. And one slave house has a slave hand still in a jar. Wait. Yeah. In formaldehyde? Yes. What? Yeah. Like cut off? Yeah. They still have chains on the walls where they used to keep them. And they'll like tell you see a black hand in a jar. Yeah. And they'll tell you like at night you can hear people crying and chains rattling and stuff. Yeah. Ghosts. Yeah. I believe in ghosts. Absolutely. I, I can still not get over the fact that there is someone's hand in a jar yes. from slavery. Yes. Why did they do that? I guess it's just like passed down from generation to generation. I feel like they cut off his hand. I don't really know the story. I would have to call my grandma. <laughs> but they cut off his hand because he might have took a piece of bread or did something and they did it to show the others were not playing. What does it look like? You've a, seen it before, right? A regular hand. A man's hand, because it's pretty big. You've seen it live? Yeah, live. Oh, wow. You can see it on tour. Oh, wow. I don't want to see that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, you love to read about kidnappings. You love to read old slave stories. Yeah. What else do you use technology for? Emails for my work. I watch a lot of documentaries. On too. what? Your phone? Yeah. You do? All the time. What? Am I weird? No, I'm just curious. Oh, like, yeah. You just sit on your porch and watch documentaries? All the time. Wow. What yeah. do you be watching? Recommend um, some things. I watch a lot of things that go on in Africa about marrying their daughters when they're 10, 12, 14. That's what I've been watching lately. I like to watch stuff about... Like, Where are you getting these documentaries from? I just look up, like, children marriage in Africa. Mm -hmm. And there's... On YouTube? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot 
one day I might travel there when I get enough money and I want to talk to some of these girls because it's bad over there like they kidnap them make them get married to like men that are 55 and 60 years old yeah and they have children at 13 and it ruins their bodies and I would like to build like a safe shelter for these girls I want to build shelters for everybody that's great you want everyone to be safe mm -hmm. yeah what is it called when they cut the girls in Africa female mutilation yeah I watched that too what yeah I hear people's stories about it. I'm weird. No, it's a lot of pain. Right, and I just want to know how, like, they grow up. I just like watching other cultures mm -hmm. and how they do things. Like, because we're really free in America compared to, and I, I get grateful when I watch this because some kids are just living with their parents with AIDS mm -hmm. and they're eight years old taking care of their mother's child while their mother's dying mm -hmm. in a hut with no food they starve for days and that just makes me be grateful and I just want to help them one day I will how do you feel about technology's role in our society oh I think it's bad for kids I mean I'm grown I'm over it but when I was a kid we didn't sit inside all day on our phones and our iPads and whatever else they have, play video games all day. Like we experienced outside. We scuffed our knees with bikes and ran with our friends and got ice cream and that was fun. We went to the pool. Kids nowadays, it's ruining them. DoorDash is ridiculous. What is that? DoorDash? Are you guys lost? You don't know what DoorDash is? DoorDash is like you can put in your order on a phone for McDonald's, somebody goes and gets it for you and brings it to your door. Oh, uh, it's like seamless. Okay, yeah, seamless. That's ridiculous. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, that's no, I don't ever do that. Like, like, groceries getting delivered. Yeah, who don't want to go to the grocery store and pick out what you want? Like, let's, <laughs> me, let me have somebody else do it. You're just making society lazy. It just kills me sometimes because people are lazy. I'm like, you guys, sometimes I'll be like, you guys want to go hiking? No, we want to watch Netflix. Okay, but I feel like there's so much outside you can see and feel and hear. But okay, I feel like society's ruined. People don't even have relationships anymore. They text each other in the same house. That's crazy to me. They don't communicate. They text each other over the phone. They video each other, FaceTime each other. It's annoying. So what do you think people should be doing instead? Communicating, going on walks, going out in nature, going on dates like people do. Get off the phone and like put your phone down for like an hour or two a day and just know what's know your surroundings most people don't even know their surroundings breathe out breathe outside air touch the water go swimming swing off a tree branch like do normal things that people do like people aren't going to have no stories for their kids in life not one time i slung off a tree branch and you know i went whitewater rafting people don't do that they sit at home with their phones and netflix and whatever else sad let's talk about america Oh, God. America. <laughs> Home of the free, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. How you feel about the current state of this country? In all reality, like, I don't try to get into it because I'm scared. It's scary. It's scary where this world is going, how it's turning out. I'm scared for myself. And I don't like to, I just don't like to get into it. What scares you the most? Being not free. Being enslaved by government that's a scary thing to me and I hate thinking about it because like they could make us do anything and we have to we don't have a choice just being enslaved scares me by the government 
they have the power to do anything and everything they want, and that's scary. Mm-hmm. It is. What do you think should shift and change, and how would you do that if you could? I've always wanted to help people, and I feel like the government does help people, but they don't help enough, and I would want that to shift. And not as far as money or anything, just, you know, open buildings for people. There's so many veterans that are just out on the streets, and they fought for our country, and that's just just open more things. Like, they have billions of dollars to do everything else except help people. And that's one thing that kills me about it. If I had billions of dollars, I would do so much to help people, and I feel like they don't. They do what they want and what they want people to see. Mm-hmm but they're really not doing anything to help people. And that's a concern that I have. How would you help? Okay, if I was president, I would open up residence just for veterans. I would open up more facilities for mothers and babies that are addicted. I would open up treatment for, you know, LGBT, not just the lesbians and the gay dudes, like the transgender people too, because they matter. You know what I mean? I would, because there's not stuff for certain people, and there should be. So that's your vision for the future? Yes. All right. Shannon Kane for president. You know. I'm making stickers. (laughs) (laughs) I'm making stickers next week. Shannon Kane for president. We got (laughs) Shannon Kane. Right. Shoot. They better know. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds so positive. (laughs) So you got any parting words for me? One step at a time, day by day. That's how you gotta take it, one step at a time. And day by day. You can't control what goes on tomorrow or what happened yesterday. All you can focus on is today. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Thank you, Shannon. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Shannon. You're welcome, vote for me. I'm gonna vote for you. <laughs> <laughs>